Well, hello, uh, I'm Robert Schrader, and uh, this is a video that my uh, student put together uh, about 15 years ago. And this is just a little bit of a history of the school and uh, the program that we offer here at Central Tech, uh, the plumbing program. They also have electrical shops and uh, carpentry shops, and so it's a real tech school. Um, yeah, so there I am, <laughs> uh, holding my uh, large double-double with milk. And uh, so this is what they're doing. So these are all high school students, and they are uh, working on actually at that part uh, three-piece three washrooms. Um, sometimes we just mix it up. We put in a laundry tub, floor drains, toilets, bathtubs. Um, I've actually, he's a, a fully licensed plumber. And, um, and his cousin is actually coming into the program. So oh, I yeah. saw him during okay. the parent-teacher interviews. So, um, yeah, so there's, and the big thing about it is that it's all hands-on. So everything is working. We got hot water tanks. Um, we got hot water tanks, bathtubs. <laughs> running water, all the trains, yeah, yeah. So we have our plumbing jackets, and uh, yeah, the pro program's been around for a very, very long time. So that's some of the projects that they start off with. Um, they're basically level one and a little bit of level two knowledge. Um, solder so they start, yeah, they start solder way. They learn to cut and thread, and then as they progress, and I teach them more on the theory side, then they start moving into the drains and water pipe and venting. So what kind of throws people off is that these are high school students. These yeah, are like 16, 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And that's a lot of that stuff, except that bathtub there, that's actually for my jobs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times I change the washrooms and simply because they don't like the color anymore. And I'm going, does it work? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, there we go. So I yanked that thing in the back of my truck and uh, brought it to the uh, school. So I got two whirlpools and shower valves and things like that. Uh, we've been very fortunate, too, in our um, program that we get a lot of donations. So we had American Standard, Moen, uh, Dahl, um, and then we just basically produce. So here's some of the theory. Uh, probably looking at a little bit of wet venting there. It's all about venting. All about venting. Yeah, everybody <laughs> knows about water pipes and drains, but then you, they forget everything about uh, venting. Yeah. The one thing, too, that I love about this program or in the school is the fact that we try to have fun. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's a hands-on thing. We do take it seriously, but uh, we have a little bit of fun. So you can see here some of the students are kind of playing around with the water there. And um, a lot of the students have had uh, very much success in the field. So a lot of them are licensed right now. And um, also another thing, too, that we do is, oh, that's actually on top of the central tech, on top of so the So that's roof. that year's class? Yeah. 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 So we, we try to... Um, I, I have the, these pictures going all the way around, like the board. I try to have um, a family-type feel to it. So a lot of students come back, and the uh, first thing they do is they look at the board, they look at the pictures, their family yeah. photos and stuff yeah. like that. There's my little basketball hoop. We typically <laughs> play that on Fridays. Here's uh, Phil from, from Rigid, and then he comes in. Uh, Pipe and tool supply, they've also done a it's great a lot job. Of ABS, man. So yeah. that's uh, that's the skills competition. So yep. we've competed in the Canadians, and we've competed um, for the Ontario Skills Championships. And in the last uh, 15 years, uh, our school, our class, have won 13 golds and two silvers. Wow. So needless to say, I don't like to lose. Yeah. So I, yeah. I will say that this is probably the best program 
in Toronto and especially or, or Ontario or even in Canada? It's it's well right. respected. Everyone knows of it. If you're yeah. in the trades, you know exactly who Central Tech is, yep. where Central Tech is. Uh, I'm almost beginning to feel like you're the John Wooden of plumbing here. Is that what's <laughs> going on? It seems like that. Well, it's uh, we've had a lot of, like I said, here's the awards that they get. We had scholarship. Actually, Thomas from Dahl, he, uh, we have a scholarship going on with him. So, like, there's an award for the best student. And, like I said, a lot of, we have, like, an 85% success rate. A lot of students have gone into the plumbing field. Um, and I was saying earlier that, oh, you can see here, here's the... Uh, the graduation. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's a it, beautiful school. Yeah, it is on beautiful Inside school. and out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very, very, very proud of That's my students. That's an amazing video. Yeah, uh, uh, very proud. We use it for promotion. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I am very proud of my students. So and even now, we have a lot of students that have now their own company. And what they do is they give me a call and they say, you know, I could use a couple of students. So that's so like you that stay in touch return. with them. Yeah. 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 I've handed out my, I have hundreds of students. I have my cell number. I never turn my number, you know, my cell phone off. It's always on. So a lot of times my students will call me on the weekend or if they're doing a little project on the side, you know, first time. And so if they can't handle it, then you know, basically what we can FaceTime, which I've done yep. before. Uh, or what, let's say they want to hook up a laundry tub at a relative's house, we'll actually do the project in the classroom. So I'll show them all the little tricks of the trades, yeah. you know, things to look out for, yeah. things to do, what things to look out for, you know, to do and not do. And then once they practice, they go home. And, uh, and I mean, my only thing I want is my large double-double wood milk. <laughs> so that's all I want. That, that's the payment is coming back with large double-double milk. 100 years. It's been around for 100 years. Yeah, 105 now. 105 actually. now, right? Actually, well, look at that. Well, look at that. 100, eh? 105. Wow. 105, 109. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's been around for a long time. And it's, uh, like I said, it's, been, it's a tech school. Um, I came across some slides and photos of the school when it was first built. And uh, it, took me, it took me like a couple months, but I managed to scan every single photo. And we Print presented off. it, you know, at the uh, anniversary. And uh, so, yeah, it's quite interesting. It's, it, ha it has a big school. But like I said, it's, it's a tech school. Um, we have an incredible electrical program, carpentry mm -hmm. program. Um, all of the teachers are licensed when it comes to the trades, like an auto and things like that. So a lot of students have gone through that school yeah. uh, for a very, very long time. And, and they're very successful. A lot of them are they're very running successful. really successful businesses. Yeah. And yeah. they've been hiring through that school. Yeah. Let me do a quick shout out to Ty, Nickel General Contracting. I'm wearing his tea today on today's show. Yeah. Well, so, welcome nice. to the show. Welcome back, Robert. It's Thank good you. to have you back because I know that I wanted to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. We haven't had this conversation before. And... Um, it's a shame that you guys are basically the pinnacle of Toronto when it comes to tech, and we don't. We should have more, shouldn't we? Have more? Uh, yeah, we should have more. Um, I went back to my old high school, and I would say that you know a lot of them turned into computer labs and things like that. So you know that's we should have more trades. Um, the problem I will say is that not a lot of uh, students are going into the trades. You know, do you, do so you catch yourself, like when you're teaching the class, do you catch yourself, this is a 16-year-old individual, and you're speaking to them about yeah. this yeah. trade yeah. and the works that yeah. that's ahead of them, right? Yeah. And just realize that 
they're probably grasping it pretty quickly, like easily too. Well, I, I'll tell my students that, you know, at this point, when you're in grade, you know, grade uh, 11 and grade 12, you're sort of narrowing down that, that streamline, you know, and they're sort of saying, I'd like to go into the trades, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And we have classes, we have courses where you do, let's say nine weeks of electrical, nine weeks of plumbing, nine weeks of carpentry. And then when they hit grade 11, grade 12, they can kind of focus a little bit more on that. Um, but the problem is, is that, uh, you know, we don't have, we should have more students going into the trades. You should. And um, what's your enrollment like annually? Like how many kids you got coming through? Well, in my class or yeah. in school? In, the well, class. in my class, we were averaging around 20. Okay. So 20, 30, something like that. Depends on how many classes are running. In at its heyday, how many kids were coming through? Well, in the heyday, let's put it this way. In the heyday, there were the school's capacity is well over 2,000. And what are we now? And we, right now, I think Central Tech is at maybe 1,200, 1,300, right? So it's it's not because of the school. It's no. just because they don't want to travel as far or it's more of a tech school. And um, But a lot of, I find one of the biggest is underestimating the talent of these two students. I remember when I went to the first skills competition and I'm brand new teacher and I, you know, I thought, okay, well let's go here and we do that. And I'm looking around. And I, I, I remember the, the food section, you know, when they're making pastries and cakes and I'm looking at this going, these are high school students. <laughs> like, are you, holy moly. So I think a lot of the people don't realize that, yeah, when, when the kids starts focusing, they're actually really good. There's they're, talent they're, there. There's a lot of talent there. Yeah. So um, I, I remember the underestimate. And then sometimes they're giving a lot of options. And the parents, I, I will say parents are a big, big thing. A lot of the parents don't want their kids to go into the trades. That was my you know? question, too. When you start hearing the students saying, I'm not sure if I want to get into trades. Yeah. Is it because they don't know which trade to get into or they don't want to disappoint their parents? Yes. Which have the mindset of, yeah. I don't want you to be a tradesperson. Yeah. I want you to be somebody else, some other career. Absolutely. It's I've, the parent, I've, huh? It is the parent. Yeah. I've, I've had, uh, you know, being a plumber, let's say, is not the sexy word. <laughs> I'd argue and that. Yet, and yet, when I meet these parents... You know, they're all saying, oh, I needed a plumber. And, you know, plumbers get paid so much and this and that. I said, well, you know, why not go into the trades? But I've actually had students, because of the uh, OYA program, the Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program, that's one of the ones that I, I taught or teach, is that uh, I've had it where you interview the students. I accept them. Great. Going in. And then all of a sudden, so it's September, and said, oh, where's uh, little Johnny? And then I make a phone call saying, you know, school has started. And he said, oh, no, I, I can't. I, you know, my parents don't want me to go take this course. And uh, so I'm off to university. To study. So, and that's what I said. To study what, right? To party, so, basically. Uh, to spend money and party. Yes. Yes. Socialize. No. Socialize. Yeah. But again, the parents are saying, well, we don't we don't want the kids the, the like plumber that's that's just not right right we want the kids to go off to university and they all become doctors and lawyers which is not wrong but my little point is the fact that like being a tradesperson i just showed you a pay stub of one of my former and i was students. just about to ask you <laughs> yeah. I, I mean like you know, it was heavy that pay stub yeah it was heavy yeah. and and i want you to, because we get a lot of kids listening to the show but we also get homeowners listening to the show too right 
you got a kid in your school from the time they start from the time they get out and they graduate give me the timeline from the time they become a licensed plumber to potentially a master plumber to operating a business if they're in their teens in their high school years they right. get out of high school what 18 yeah, yeah about 18 years 18 old, years yeah. old right they've got your course education which right. is really good right to a lot of other kind of pre-apprenticeship sort of right. programs out there in the market right now and now they start getting from there from where now they're 18 years old they get onto a job site so to speak well so what we basically do is where we open up the doors the so doors we, you know we we put the thing about co-op is that in a lot of tradespeople, they don't want dead weight, right? I mean, we've when we do our little sales pitch and we say, okay, we really could use you taking on one of our students, uh, they said, yeah, it's too much trouble. But then when I mentioned the fact that, well, these students are roughing in three-piece washrooms. Yeah. They've got level one experience. Yeah. And even I get into the water pipe, which is on level two side, um, they're hands-on, they're not dead weight. So if you go tell them, to go get a 90 or 45 or a TY. They know. they know exactly what it is. Yeah. And, you know, at first, yes, they don't do anything because there's a little bit of, well, let's just see what this kid can do. But it doesn't take long that all of a sudden, you know, my students are actually working and they're, they're uh, working and then they doing a small little project. And then what happens is that, the, you know, the student gets hired on. Some of the hours can go towards that $9,000. Uh, it's because it's 9,000 yep, hours. 9,000 um, hours. So they break it up into five years. But they're being paid. Yeah, you got paid to learn. Yeah. So what a concept. Yeah, which is <laughs> you're being paid. Uh, yeah. what, what's the average rate nowadays that the compensation is for a kid coming out of high school getting it's into like the... like 20-something, like $23. So you, right? you're making so, more than your age right now, yeah. which is great. Now you work and you hustle. You prove yourself. Right. You get to being licensed plumber now. Yeah. You've done your 9,000 hours. Yeah. What are you being compensated at the end of 9,000 hours? What's well, it depends if it's a union or non-union, but I will, I will tell you that probably around 100,000. That's being conservative. And, right? and so, so you can get your 9,000 hours probably by the time you're 25, 6? 20, I, I had one student, Eric, he got, I think he's right before his 24th birthday. I got mine when I was 24. So... You, you can't rush it. I mean, that no, 9,000 hours. No, no, hours, you have to. There's a reason. Yeah, there's a maximum of, uh, let's say, I think it's 43 or 44 hours that can go towards your apprenticeship. Yeah. But, you know, but if you're working 60, you get paid for 60. Yeah. Right. So they, they can't. And then you have three times you got to go to school. So once you do all that, um, yeah, you're good as gold. You're you know? making six figures. Yeah. You're in your mid-20s. And then you're on your way to becoming a master license if you want to. Yeah, they don't have the masters anymore. They don't do it anymore. They don't do it anymore. Okay. It's more like a contractor's license. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I got my masters. I had to go back to school and that exam challenge was it. Huge. It was just oh, yeah. okay. You're yeah. challenging so, it. So and um, but I mean that's the argument for the parents. Like you got a kid, 25, yeah. making that money. Yeah. The education yeah. that was associated with that, he was or she was paid. To learn yeah. this trade. Yeah. CMPX, Canada's largest HVACR and plumbing trade show. It's just around the corner. It's happening in the south building of the Metro Toronto Convention Center from March 20th to the 22nd, 2024. And it's the ultimate industry showcase of everything new in HVACR and plumbing. 
I'll be there broadcasting live from the trade show floor and taking it all in during three action-packed days. Visit www.cmpxshow.com for all the details, and don't forget to register for your free all-access pass using promo code CONSTRUCTIONLIFE. So I got a lot of parents uh, during open house, and I'll, one of the very first things I talk about is the money. And what's the their response? The like, what? How do they? It's all great. They, oh, this is incredible. Yes, it's unbelievable how uh, much you know uh, plumbers are making, and it's a great field. But then at the end of the day, <laughs> still a dirty job. It, it's still a dirty job, right? So we, I, I've been trying to not brainwash, but I've been promoting the trades, and again, not just plumbing, but electrical and carpentry and auto, and like it, it is a field day. The one thing I also love, and it's. I also will say it's the money, but it's not about the money, okay? Because it's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. So I'm a kind of a perfect example of where I work for a, a plumbing company, Lamper Plumbing. Um, started my apprenticeship. I was a plumber there for a few years, and then um, I got a little bit bored. I wanted to try something different, and so I opened up my own plumbing company. So I did that for a number of years, for over 20 years. Oh. And then when I hit 40, um, I then said, well... You know, I'd like to go into maybe some teaching. My bones were sore, two knee surgeries, my back, my shoulder. I was 41 and felt like I was 81. Yeah. And what else can I do? I said, well, let, let's teach. So my brother-in-law's a teacher, and we made some phone calls, and they had a thing called letter permission where they just kind of give you the keys and say, okay, you know, you know the trades, but now you have to apply to schools, universities, to become a teacher which I did, and I went to Queen's University for two summers and throughout at the year. At 41? At 41, yeah. So I, I, I yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I remember sitting there going, That's an education. You know, never in a million years I think I was going to go to university. When I got out, I yeah. got out. Oh, I was, and, and it, even now, me being a teacher, you know how fast I was running out that door in grade 13? You know, I said, I'm never coming back to a high school, and what am I doing? I go back, I've been going back for 18 years now yeah, but now you've been teacher. shaping the industry yeah. right? you've been contributing to shaping the industry yeah. so it, it's it's been very very rewarding um I, I on a personal note i love it when my students come back i love it when they come back they bring my large double double with milk and uh, in many ways and i just have one student actually i have two students i i'm they'll be coming in pretty soon hopefully and i have them talk to my students my current students so just, and again, it's not just about the plumbing and the theory, but being an apprentice is not easy. Let, let's put it that way. It's that, a tough that, gig. It is a yeah. very tough gig. I yeah. mean, you, you, you have take to, a lot. you have to, it's not just on the physical side, but mentally, mm -hmm. you know, you have to sacrifice. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that everything stops. You know, if you got to work on the weekends, you work evenings, the money is good, um, but you know, it's, it's challenging, and especially when you're going to school, you know, because a lot of people take the hands-on courses yep. uh, because they're not, like, necessarily great at sitting down and studying, which I was one of them. Um, it, it's very, very difficult. So it's, and then near the later stages, I think I saw something like only 36% of apprentices ever get their license. It's that low, huh? It's that low, yeah. So, because it's it's a challenge. There's a lot of people going through level one, but then as time goes on, do you think it's because they don't get paired up with the right mentor after they leave you, or after they get into the industry, kind of thing? Well, a lot of times there's a lot of jumping around. 
I was one of the rare ones that I stayed my Jumping entire... Jumping around for what reason? Um, well, I think it's a combination of the apprentices themselves. Um, sometimes it could be the work. You know, sometimes they want to do something a little bit different. Sometimes the employers don't have work, you know, like uh, during the COVID. Can't keep them busy. You know, yeah. although we were, a lot of my students were still working during COVID, but things slowed down. That, that's without question, right? So, um, and then you have to prove yourself. So that that's was one. You got to be fast on 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 the fly too. It's because because um, as an apprentice, the employer or the journey is testing you. Yeah. And so they're always asking questions, and they're always putting you into situations, yeah. and you've got to be on the fly to answer that question or solve that problem. And that is a lot of pressure for it, a kid it, in a real job site environment. It is uh, basically I call it a, a five year job interview. Yeah, it right? is because if you think you're become complacent, you're finished. No, no, you got to get ready to boogie. To yeah, and look at even look for us. Yeah, I'm a teacher. I, I I don't sit back and and just say, oh, you know, I got seniority and all. No, I I got to do something new. I got I'm always trying to push myself because. You know, it's, it's um, like I said, I, even now I have to kind of prove myself. And I got a whole class full of students that are looking at me. And, you know, if I walk in there and I, yeah, okay, whatever, or here's some books or, no, I don't want to do that. I, gonna... I got to keep these students engaged. Yeah. I mean, I, I got, you know, all day I got to keep these teenagers engaged <laughs> and That's a focused. tough task. There are, there are days. Yeah. yeah it's, it, there are days. But, uh, again, I'm very fortunate that. I'm talking about, you know, plumbing or, or something that they're looking forward to, right? So the, the engagement is a little bit more focused than, you know, grade nine English and learning King Lear or something like that, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit, and again, I try to make it more fun for the students, right? Do you ever ask the students why? Why they chose plumbing? Why are they here? <clears throat> um, I think the number one answer is, well, I'm mostly hands-on. Um, and then sometimes, a lot of times I'll ask that question is that, you know, they'll have a relative that's gone into the trades. Okay. Right. So they had a relative, like an uncle or something like that. And, um, um, that's how they got into it. And I guess the uncle or the father, like my father, Wolf King, he was a plumber and he, you know, I started working when I was like 12, helping, uh, you know, in the truck and getting material and all that. So I was sort of kind of you know, right, going right, right into, into the, yeah, yeah. So when I hit grade 13, I was like, I was the only one to go into the trades. So all of my classmates in grade 13 went off to university. So, and you were the only, and that was back yeah, then. That was in, yeah, 1983. Wow. Something like that. 80, yeah, 83 is when I graduated. Something when, like that. That would have been heyday. That would have been a lot of, well, mostly immigrants, I guess, coming in. They were jumping into trades at that point. It was mostly the European immigrants. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, had like, I had like from Yugoslavia, my father German, you know, Scotland, Ireland, Portuguese, Italian. Like it was just the European all the trades, Europeans, right? Yeah. Not many Canadians. No, nah, not that I remember. Not no. that time, no. no. But, but now you're getting them now, which is different. Yeah, now it's different because we have students from Iran, Iraq, uh, you know, um, everywhere, everywhere from all and it doesn't really matter like no. it, it, it's a it doesn't really matter where what country they all they want to know is can you do the job right out of all the specialties there robert um who's leading the pack am i fair to guess automotive 
who's leading the pack. Yeah, how many like most kids going in? Because you know I know we know that trade wise, right. there isn't as many kids that you would want. You would want to right. see more kids coming in, but out of like the plumbing, the electrical, carpentry, automotive, who's actually got the bigger classes that are people choosing? Trade wise, I, I would say probably the one class that consistently sells as electrical. Electrical, yeah. yeah. The the teacher there is like really really good. He's got a great reputation, and one thing I've learned from the past from uh, other teachers is that. See, ours is um, elective, right? Okay. All right, so we, we have to basically promote. And we promote uh, throughout the students, with the students. In other words, students are talking to each other, Yeah. right? So, yes, we have pictures. You see my classroom. I've got everything decorated. Um, but really, it's the word of the mouth of students that uh, gets your program going. So if you do very well and you have success... Um, the word gets out, and then your classes are full. So uh, to answer your question, I would say probably electrical. electrical. Now, auto uh, used to be really, really big, uh, but I think with all these hybrid cars and... Working on cars you today, know, it, I, you might as well go with electrical. Yeah, I mean, I have a Toyota RAV4 <laughs> limited uh, hybrid, and I open up the hood, and I'm going... I'm not touching any I of this. I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's where the, the windshield wiper fluid goes. But other than that, I have no idea. Right? So uh, in the old days, auto used to be a really big thing. There were a lot of teachers and a lot of classes. But again, just the enrollment's gone down. And uh, so it sort of even itself out. So, But plumbing's always been really good. Carpentry's been really good. So we have cosmetology, hospitality, in it, and all of it goes directly into the trades. So. Um. And what's the school doing? I mean, I guess they're seeing the, the slowdown as well, too. And it's kind of affecting everybody at that school. Like, I'm trying to figure out, I, I, I'm not going to be waiting for the government to help us out to do this, right? right? So I think it's the industry has to help us out to do this, right? And that's why I have... You encourage them to come yeah, back. Yeah, so I got, I got encouraged that. Um, actually, I go out, uh, like we were talking earlier, how did I know about Thomas? Yeah. And I met him at the CMX show. And yeah. I then network with Phil, and I got from Rigid and um, Ralph Jenkins, and uh, I've had a lot of people coming in from Moen and uh, American Standard. They do presentations, and really the thing is, is that you know I get donations. Um, they do a presentation, you know, in front of my students, or we go out and do a field trip. Yeah. Um, actually, la- a couple of years ago, we did a, a field trip to Next Plumbing Supply. Yeah. And what did I see behind the counter? One of my former students. Really? Yeah. yeah I think his name's David. <laughs> and uh, this was at the uh, next supply on Highway 7 there. Okay. And he, um, I remember the company that I set him up with. And he goes, you know, I just like going to one place. So he remembers the field trip that I took him on a few, many moons ago. And he remembered that. And he ended up getting a job. And now he's behind the counter. And he, he's just loving it. So, yeah, I actually met one of my former students. Well, he's a huge part of the industry because yeah. we go in there and we're looking for supplies and we want yeah. him to rock and roll and get us our supplies yeah. or have it all ready for us, right? Yeah. So he can get shipped out. Yeah. It's important. So we've, so they, we either we go out on field trips because I, when I was a kid, I loved field trips. That was the so best part of school. Oh, yeah, going on a field trip. <laughs> and then when, or I have industry coming in and they do a nice presentation. And like I said, it's a trade off because. They give us donations. I use all of their material in my classroom. And then when they go out, 
they're exposed to, let's say, doll yeah. know, products. Now, and I will tell you, not because Thomas and me are very good friends, but I remember the, you know, the material, and I always remember doll being a high standard. Yep. It, it was not the, you know, I go to the dollar store and get this shut off. No, the, the, the standard is very, You installed very it, you installed it once. Yeah. That's yeah, how simple yeah, it was, yeah. right? And then oh. I got rigid. I remember my rigid tools. I still have my original rigid cutters. Um, my, I had my father's rigid cutters and then we had, I used Milwaukee and, and rigid. And so I've tried me becoming a teacher. I kind of brought all my experience yeah. and things and things I like and the good quality and all that. So that's in my classroom. Well, CMPX is coming up. Are you encouraging the kids to consider oh, yeah. going to it? Yeah. Oh, they go every year. Yeah, really? Huh? We go every year. Yeah. Well, we're going to be there. We're going to be at the doll booth. So we're going to oh, be, okay. yeah, we're going to be oh. interviewing plumbers. And then I think we're on the Thursday. And then he's got plumbers actually doing demonstrations on the Wednesday. Oh, okay. And then I'm also going to be at the social hub. So I'm part of the social hub that they've got at CMPX there. There's okay. three other, there's three other podcasters that are going to yeah, be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be there. I'm bringing in three plumbers to interview on the day there. So oh, wow. I'm Fantastic. looking forward to that, but that's a great show for any kid that are trying to consider, you know, get into plumbing, check it out, learn a few things. You'll bump into a bunch of people that I'm sure that brings me to my next point about are the kids all over social these days when it comes oh, yeah. to, they're all over it, right? Yeah. And they're actually the last, the last show, uh, a whole bunch of my students came up to Thomas. Actually, Tom, yeah, Thomas can. Re <laughs> yeah, I think I got some pictures on my phone. But all of a sudden, they came up and Thomas remembered them. Yeah. yeah. So they were like fourth year apprentices or plumbers now, and they're all going up to Thomas, and they'll they'll see the people that I had coming into the classroom, and you know Thomas just eats that up. He absolutely loves. It's it, a so. small nice world. It's as simple as that. Everybody yeah. just wants to be nice and together yeah. and help each other out too, right? Yeah, that's the real value in it. And I, I find that with all trades, they're they're mostly like that. Yeah, they want to see younger ones kind of coming in and want to learn. They want to share. Yeah, they want to experience it, right? Yeah. And you'll make a lot of money. You make a lot of money if and you're smart uh, about it. You make it, a lot of money, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I bought my first house when I was 24. I had sixty thousand dollars in the bank. Lived at home. I had no life because I was working all the time. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. You know, all my students know this, but you know, my wife was my second ever date. <laughs> it's kind of hard to go out socializing when yeah. I'm working all the time. That's you know, I'm working over sixty-five hours, sixty-seven and a half hours for two and a half years. And so, yeah. So I met. Yeah, my but wife. you saved. And oh, that, yeah, and I lived at home. <laughs> like I just saved, 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 saved. And, yeah. uh, and then we ended up getting married and bought a house at the same time. And so, and then yeah, and life is it's a little now. different now. The landscape, a tiny bit different. The way the the students, my students, the ones that are buying, they're actually buying like apartments and stuff, and then they rent it out. Choose Doll for your plumbing needs and discover the peace of mind that comes with their unwavering reliability and exceptional service. Experience the doll difference and join the growing community of contractors who trust in their expertise and rely on their products. Check out Doll at www.dollvalve.com and on social at Doll Valve. So they're just making, they're investing. Yeah, yeah. Which is smart. Yeah, so that's, that's another big thing too that because of my business background, I'll, I'll actually tell them about the money and invoicing and how to, you know, do a quote and things like that, but also what to do with the money. So my way of doing it was that I would um, had take two paychecks. One went straight into the bank, and then the other paycheck went to pay bills or a car or, or a little bit like that. 
and all of my vacation pay also went straight into the that was like a separate bank yeah right so you you know because there's temptation you know all of a sudden you're making all this money oh let's buy this oh let's buy the fancy car um yeah no i I bought a four-door hyundai you know that was cheap on gas and four Four doors so the insurance places yeah Yeah. it's as simple as that and now that i'm older now you know i can enjoy right so now i buy the nice cars and and uh, I live in a nice house, and I travel, and I have a granddaughter, and um, and that is really the nice perspective of things. So, but it's nice that you're teaching the kids this as well, outside of just the plumbing trade. You're educating them about the the plumbing life, right? The plumbing life. Uh, this is where now the father comes in. I have all these little hats, so I have. How many you know, kids the, you have? How many? Uh, I have two daughters. Two daughters, okay. Yeah, I have two daughters. One daughter, uh, Rose, uh, she lives with her husband in Australia. Okay. Uh, I just talked to her yesterday. And my other daughter, uh, Robin, and her husband and my granddaughter, uh, they're in the military. Oh. And they're stationed in London, England. Okay. So um, I'm very, very proud. And and that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, I'm, I will say balance. and uh, Because... Yes, the money was great. That's why I always say money was good. But I was very, very fortunate to, you know, hit it off with my wife and, you know, the second ever date. And we're celebrating next year our 35th wedding anniversary. So I was really lucky to meet my wife. But my daughters, you know, they gave me that balance. Because at one point it was like work, 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 work. And all the money was great, but there was no balance. So when I met my wife and then we had kids... The one thing I really enjoyed was just simply coming home, lying down, let the kids, and it was, I was playing Barbies. You know? mm-hmm. And, you know, all the stresses of work? Gone. Gone. Because, you know, the kids didn't want to think about the trades and plumbing or how, how many, my day was. How many years did it take you, Robert, to realize it can't all just be about work? Actually, when I met my wife. Okay. So I, I met my wife when I was, well, uh, 21, 22, something like that. Um, yeah, then it was sort of like, because, you know, I, I'm an only child too. So um, I like to share things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want, you know, when you, sometimes it's just that communication. You know, you, you heard a good joke or yeah, you had a little bit of a bad day or you had a very good day. Something really exciting happened. And then you go home and there's nobody there. Yeah. So now, you know, I go home and like just now, you know, actually my wife's at, her work right now and i just noticed we we had the radio off and we were talking the whole time great you know so um that's the nice thing is is the balance and that's why i say that if the money was great don't get me wrong but i've enjoyed the fact that i can go around to the different things that i've done so being a plumber having my own company now being a teacher which is very very rewarding and I'm, I'm, that's the most happy thing is that the trades gives you options, which is one of the reasons why I take my students to the CMPX show is because um, you might not be a plumber for the rest There's of your life. You could go into a sales yep. position. You could work for this industry. The technical side of things. Oh, There's I a mean, lot of advancements going on. And, and every time I go there, it's something brand new. Yeah. Something I'm going, you know, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Right. So... When I do send my students, and I remember the one story um, where uh, there's, you know, these big island bathtubs? What yeah. What do they call it? Freestanding bathtubs, yeah. right? And this looks like one big, huge egg. <laughs> but if you notice, there's no drain. 
right? There's no drain. You can't get onto the drain for the bathtub because it's built in from below. Oh, on the, yeah. Right. So in the old days, we would have to make a hole in the ceiling. In the ceiling and work and, everything from, and a, from the put belly. And your P-trap there. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden now, there was this one drain. Um, I forget the name of the company. And it looks like a big floor flange. I know you're talking about. And I, ne- and I met the owner who who developed that. Drops it in place. Yeah. You, now you just put which I, I did in my own house. Yeah. And I'm going, brilliant. So my students all saw that, right? Well, wouldn't you know it, uh, maybe, I don't know, a couple months later, the plumber comes in with my student at co-op, and he said, I just wanted to tell you, I just saw something brand new that I had no idea existed. And he just wanted to take a look at the shop. So, you know, when you're in the field, you know, you get, you, you're thinking about today and what's going on, Right. But sometimes my students will bring something new to the table. They're I have on social. They're yeah. seeing it before yeah. it all comes out. Then they're, they want to try to figure out how to, how to learn it. Yeah, yeah. So they can use it. Yeah. And then I have my students doing like a green plumbing project. And that's another thing where, you know, like a power pipe or um, hands-free faucets or geothermal units or things like that, wa- um, tankless hot water tanks. Um, that's something where... I learned something brand new, right? So I have my students do a project. Sometimes they do a PowerPoint. And then, you know, the students go, I had no idea. So what happens? They bring that information back to the plumbers or during co-op. And every so often, it's like, this, this kid's on top of it. You yeah. Know? You know, it's the new things, not the old, right? Well, when you were in plumbing, though, you were still doing packs, right? No. No, you were all copper back then? I was all still You were still copper. copper. It, it was... It was or he was transitioning. We, it it no? was, yeah. Okay. It was, I mean, I'm not dating myself, but I am. But I mean, ABS was relatively new. It was only about out there for about 10 years. My father's subdivision in Malton, that was ABS drains. So it came out like in the late 60s, ABS drains. Are we, I was just asking this before we got uh, recording to today. Is Canada the only ABS country? Because America's all PVC, right? Yeah. We're PVC below grade. We're ABS yeah, above grade. Yeah, yeah. But are we the only ABS country? I, I have no idea. I have, a, I have an assumption that the UK is ABS, or it could be copper. I'm not sure. Those who are listening, they're probably going to send me DMs now and just let me know. UK, yeah. I mean, but, I, I mean, there is that, I don't know if it's a rivalry, but between the U.S. and Canada, the U.S. is all PVC, yeah, yeah. right? And then yeah. we're, we're ABS above grade. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was just coming in when you were doing that at that. I've only ever known ABS. I've never known. And then there was a lot of copper. I remember a lot of copper and then water pipe was all copper. And then it was probably the last 15, maybe 20 years where the PEX piping came in. And then there was a piping called Kitech, which basically was a, um, a pipe that had like a aluminum oh yeah i remember you talking about so you can you can shape you could, it you could shape it and yeah then we used so it's it kind of like a hybrid between copper yeah. and pax but right? then all of a sudden what happened from what i understand the the connections the joints they all started to leak so um they basically got rid got of that rid of technology it. and then they got the you know the all pecs the all that packs, point right? crimp. so now everything well, Upanor or the crimping, it's one of the two. And I teach my students both so that they have an idea. But you were mentioning in the video there, is that, so do the students start with copper? I have them doing two projects. Is it copper. intimidating for a kid at that age? Oh, so yeah. All of a sudden, here's a torch, yeah. here's solder, yeah. go to town. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, I show them all the safety so, stuff no, no, and totally, what to do, totally. what not to do. Right? Yes. I, my my body is one big lesson plan. Yeah, from all the bird marks and cuts and things <laughs> like that. My body is one lesson plan. Oh yeah, no, no, no I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's oh, great. I could show cuts, and I know where I got the cuts <laughs> and the burns, and me almost losing my thumb, breaking a toilet one day, and you know stuff it just, like that. It just cracked, and then. Well, actually, uh, what happened was that we were told as an apprentice, you know, take the toilet, throw it in the bin right and then break it up mm-hmm. so you take a sledgehammer and you start breaking up the toilet so i'm there and i'm breaking i of course i'm not wearing safety glasses it's outside so i just kind of go like this and i'm you know i'm banging away Your right and through. then i and then all of a sudden i see the little you know, drip going there and then the next thing is i go you know boy my thumb is getting cold because there's that little chill yeah so then i look and my thumb is kind of hanging down there a bit and i said oh this is not good so um I, I don't band-aid. know. This sounds silly, but I'm, I'm I'm sure I can't be the only one. I just pull fold my thumb, take some electrical tape or whatever, oh, some yeah. paper towels, electrical tape, yep. and I go back to contractor's work. band-aid. I know. Yeah, yeah, and you went back to work. Yeah, I use my other hand. <laughs> so. No, those things get sharp when you break them. You got to be careful oh, about right. it. I've always carried them out, put them down quietly, and then just cautiously do it. That in uh, clay pipes. Oh, clay pipes bit. are brutal. Yeah, Even I remember the first time I had to tie into a clay pipe. Oh, okay. That oh, was lots of fun. Crack. Oh, okay. All right, try here. Crack. Okay, try here. Keep on keep on going. There was a, I remember when I was a kid, like I said, I, I worked with my father and doing side jobs and stuff. And there was a place on like Dufferin and Castlefield. And it was like a field at that time. And it was like a plumbing supplier, but it all had clay. It looked like a pumpkin patch. Because it was like clay TYs, oh, clay We're going pipes. way, way, oh, yeah. way We're back. going in the 70s. Wow. And uh, yeah, I remember that. But that's some of the things. So I'll actually have for my jobs, I've brought in my classroom old piping, like old galvanized piping that I tore out, um, brass piping, um, lead drains. I got a lead water pipe that I took out one time just to show the students where it came, how where it came how from, it was. because they're going to see this, right? They're mm-hmm. not going to see packs. The, the they're cl- going to, you're going to, yeah, they're going to see going, Oh, what's this? You'll see electricians right. fishing wires through those old galvanized lines sometimes using mm-hmm. it as conduit. If, if they can get through it, because yeah. some of that old stuff that it's quite, you know, closed. Did up they mortar now. the clay pipe? Was it ever mortared or was it just all fitted together? It was more, the, the fittings were, the fittings were all mortared, yeah, right? Yeah, That's what yeah. I remember them being yeah. right. Yeah. But, yeah, depending on where where you go, but most of Toronto, if it's an older home and hasn't been touched yet, and you're going into the basement, yeah, you're you're gonna yeah. discover clay, and that's why I also teach the students. Uh, you know, I don't go into great detail, but I do want them to recognize what they're looking at, right? So Copper. even those, li- I remember the lines; they were like three eight lines, and they were for gas lines, and they went through all throughout the house because they had lamps. they had the uh, lamps, they all that lamps. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. We, so, we used to discover those as well, too. And I was like, what are these lines yeah. for? And I cut one. Because <laughs> yeah, I go, oh, I'll just take it out. All of a sudden, I hear this going, this thing is live? What the? You know, yeah. So I'm running downstairs and shut off the gas. And yeah, I remember that. I was, because like 99.9, they're all dead. They're just sitting you in the wall. You assume, yeah. And that's a bit another thing. But you think assuming. You cannot assume, <laughs> can't assume a lot of things. So I love that the classroom is half desks and half framing yeah. rough framing right and yeah. then plus you can get underneath and get a peek of a, a understanding yeah. of how it all works right so they do the theory and then they uh like i said they do those two hand projects and then by then i'm already talking about uh water piping 
you know, the water mains, you know, hot, cold, uh, three quarter and all that main building shutoffs, curb stops. So I'm kind of like moving up in that direction. So by the time they get up to the workstations, they'll be roughing in for, let's say, a two piece washroom, just yeah. a water pipe, yeah. you know, and I give them certain heights and dimensions. And then by then I start getting into the drains um, and then they roughing in the, the drains and the v- venting. I'll teach them about that. And uh, they'll actually hook up a, a sink and a toilet. And usually that's quite satisfying, you know, not that's for the students, but even the parents. And sometimes it's sort of like, um, good job. They probably want to go home and, and change the toilet. Yeah. And yeah, just give it, a, give it a try, right? <laughs> like, let me do it. Yeah, it's time yeah, to change it. Yeah, this yeah. salmon colored toilet here has got to go. Let's get another toilet in here. Oh, I remember the old days, you know, <laughs> in the 1980s. Green. Or, well, actually. Green, I, yellow. It was, it was. Yeah, those toilets were in the 70s, and I would say that it was uh, brown, yellow, green, pink. Brown. Yeah, pink, yeah, yeah, I've seen. Pink, green, I've seen. Uh, pink, blue, yeah, purple, blue. Uh, yellow, and uh, like a reddish pink type thing. And then when we hit the 80s, everything went gray. Yeah. So everything was like white and gray. And then you had like um, the darker Twyford, uh, I think I'm saying the name wrong, but it was like a black with gold. Everything was gold. Yeah. Brass. I remember that. So sometimes you get like a black toilet with a polished brass. Yeah, I remember that. And then, you know, and then after that, it went back to white again. And, and now and it's pretty much white now, but unless uh, yeah. you go matte black. But are you giving the kids a heads up that technology is just really being infused into all the toilet, toilet products right now? Like you're getting computers into toilets now. You're getting... Oh. Shower <laughs> systems. It's no longer just a bathtub and a and a toe tester and a and a hand shower, a head yeah. shower, right? Yeah. It's like it, it, it's it's computer. Well. It's yeah. it's insane now. Are they yeah. coming to you with all this stuff? Or are you kind no, of? No, actually, you know, when they find it, they find it with that green plumbing project, because a lot of it is water saver. Yeah, right? you use water saver toilets or water saver, and then as they're doing that research, you know, because I give them kind of like a guideline as to what to start looking for or gray gray water. Yeah. And um, yeah, so some of this gets pretty fancy. And I, I, my, one of my students was was talking about, they were they were looking up a, a portable gray water system, but one that you put underneath the vanity. Okay. So basically what happens is that you open up the faucets on a sink where the vanity below, that water would go into like a little filtration system okay. and then fuel the toilet right next to it. And once that was full, like a little float, and then it would, the rest of it would go out into the drain. And it was like, I have never seen that before. But yet it makes complete sense, right? So it's like a little portable yeah. gray water system that you put underneath the vanity. And it's constantly replenishing the toilet, yeah. ready to go at any yeah. given time. Yeah. Introducing the new Aircool 26 RCA, the quietest, most powerful, and most durable generator with 109 amps max power on liquid propane. Equipped with the first-to-market low oil shutoff switch, it's the quietest 26 kilowatt on the market with a 56 dB at exercise. The 89% larger ceramic fiberglass insulated muffler and acoustic foam insulated inlet duct deliver the best sound quality on the market at exercise. Its larger muffler reduces back pressure by 62%, eliminating restrictions in exhaust to optimize pressures for peak performance. Its CH1006 engine with 20% higher compression ratio and variable ignition timing optimized by fuel delivers the most power in its class. 
It's also equipped with advanced engine tuning with an air cleaner assembly relocated directly over the carburetor, which optimizes airflow to deliver enhanced performance. When it comes to reliability, nothing beats a Kohler home generator. Get the facts and find your generator at Effect Electric Limited on IG. It makes sense because the amount of water you need to make a toilet operate. Yeah. You don't need a huge tank there no. underneath, so you can pull no. it off that way. So you can use gray water for, let's say, floor drains, uh, urinals, uh, toilets, and uh, bedpan washers, which I don't think they have anymore, but... <laughs> No, I don't know how, how that works. But I just figure that they, since they're all over social and they're understanding the tech that's behind plumbing and even other trades, they got to start getting themselves well-versed. I mean, like, I'm, yeah. I can only imagine them grabbing the manual of a product nowadays. Back in your day, it was probably a two-page manual about installing a certain product, whether yeah. it was a tub, sink, toilet, or whatever yeah. it was. But now it's like a booklet. And then there's a side booklet attached to it. Then there's all these other, you know, ups and downs. And that's a little intimidating just... Yes. As a kid getting into the industry that way. Yeah, but it's, it's. I mean, really, the bottom line is installing a toilet's installing a toilet. It's not, It's you still need the bolts. I mean, the only thing that I would say different with the toilets of today is how they have that separate piece there that you actually, it's like a big plastic yep. piece with the P-trap, yep. the ring, and they have to install that first, and then they take this big thing and put it right over so you can have the hidden bolts or yeah, it, so it you can, can be skirted bolts, or something right. like that yeah so, but i mean water still requires you know it still needs cold water and i've seen some of the toilet seats where they have like a built-in bidet type idea yep. but you know but that's just another line that splice off of your toilet supply yeah. line yeah. anyway and now you know toilets are asking for gfi grounded uh receptacles because now you're doing heated seat like it's yeah just, yeah that's all becoming code now right so it's yeah. like why why is there a plug behind where the toilet flange is i well the toilet requires a plug yeah. requires power dedicated power <laughs> i know i know it's insane and then all same with the shower systems you got computerized going on alexa yeah. Alexa's attached to shower systems now so you can communicate with shower systems which is great for this younger generation because they'll yeah. embrace this stuff like nothing yeah they'll be like okay so where are we going to put the modules where are we going to put the router where are we going to put all this stuff yeah. Yeah. and you're like you're a plumber man what's going on here yeah. but that's where it's going that's where it's going yeah you ever get into, I guess, in the like course wise, how far are you getting in? I mean, you're doing level one, level two, but how far are you getting into flow rates and not pressures? Too not too much no, of that. You no, no. that I, I, that's going to get on the job site. Yeah, that's going to get with the real on site. We we don't want to like I don't want to like scare the kids. You, you it's going to be I'm intimidating because right? you got to remember they're they're starting off that they know nothing. Yeah, I've had students from let's say an academia high school, and they've won skills. Right, and uh, they start off not knowing what a pair of pliers, or they don't know the difference between a Robertson and a Phillips, and things like that. So I'm starting from like literally square one. Wow! And also too is that it, you know I, I said it earlier in the other podcast is that you can be the smartest idiot in the world. So meaning that you know you have to have the right attitude. Yeah. You know, there's the work ethic, there's being um, polite, uh, there's no swearing in my classroom. Um, I want you to get a good night's sleep. And, you know, sometimes they're in it for the money. And I look at it and I go, how do you get a good night's sleep? Like, I've, I've seen some jobs where it's been so butchered and I, I just thought, I, I never. So I tell my students, you want to do a job, get a good night's sleep. You don't have to want to worry about it. You know, some of the other things is preparing to be a good apprentice. So in other words, anticipating 
get to, you know, see what that plumber wants to do. That's what makes you valuable on a job site. You're not there to waste time and money. No. You're there to make my job easy. You're getting paid for it. And you're there to make me money. And that's really the bottom line. Do you ever think, Robert, that um, I, I saw last year, I was invited to an electrical supplier and they had VR systems set up to teach up-and-coming electricians. Mm -hmm. So they were able to wire receptacles, switches, a panel, okay. uh, run conduit, and they're all VR. You ever think teaching the trades is ever going to get to that point where it's all going to be just VR or AI? No. Basically, rep like, replacing you. I don't think that it should. I don't think it will. But I, I'm just assuming that tech is coming in and that that, that might be the case, but I don't think it is. I, I, I can't see how that You need that. Oh, yeah. yeah there, there's, like, I have... You know, forty years, forty years experience. I can't say I believe I'm saying that, but uh, yeah, I'm turning. 60. No, but it's yeah, the job 60. site experience yeah. that is ba is is added to your teaching experience, yeah. which you need both of those to speak to the kid. Yes. So I, if my lesson is, let's say I'm doing a lesson on hot water tanks. Half my lesson is based on uh, what I see in the book, what they learn in the book, different type of hot water tanks, and the other ones are the stories about hot water tanks. And I got like two or three stories about yeah. hot water. So you give me an item, I could probably come up with a story. Yeah. The other thing that uh, VRs um, is not going to replace is that that feel, that sense. You know, like you know when to stop turning that wrench, or yep. you know, I call it my bells and whistles. I have a lot of sayings. <laughs> Your bells and whistles. So you've, and that's a big part of it is being safe, right? You got to. You just got to anticipate. You got to know. You, you got to know when to stop. And you know, I tell my students, you got your sight, you got your hearing, you got your smell. All right. So let's say if a B tank is not closed 100%, you're either going to smell it or you're going to hear it going off. Right. So th there are some of those small intangible things that you, you forget it. That that's not going to happen. Maybe the theory side of things, but on the you know hand i mean it's always funny seeing uh, my students um carrying pipe for the first time well because you know the pipes are going like this yeah, yeah they don't yeah. know how to yeah. hold, hold it together <laughs> you can't there's no video that can kind of show you that they, you know or you got to grab it a bunch and then yeah. learn yeah, and then and the next bunch through a door, yeah go through a door lifting up uh i remember i had a couple of students <laughs> trying to lift up a bathtub <laughs> I, you know i'm like this going I couldn't even make this thing up. I wanted to take a video of this. Like they just simply that there's no TV thing that's going to teach. So tell them about. one day they might get the opportunity to have to carry a um, 800 pound cast iron bathtub up to the second floor and try to figure out how you're going to do that. I've carried it down. You okay? So you you didn't. This is an old one. Yeah. So you didn't break it before you. You could, you could no, because they wanted it reglazed. Oh, they wanted it reglazed. That's why. All right. So, I carried uh, it up. Yeah. And the way I carried it up is I actually made a custom box out of plywood so then I could have four people carrying it, yeah. like a casket, so to speak, right? And it, it was like a casket, yeah. basically. Yeah, I remember uh, It wasn't easy. Oh. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, those old school ones, right? Yeah. But at some point, a plumber might come across that, right? I remember, uh, I got another story there. Uh, I had a... a it was actually not far from Central Tech. And uh, this lady wanted her bathtub taken downstairs and put it in the yard. I thought. Oh, like a flower bed or something? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I, that's what I thought, right? Yeah, okay. So, okay. So I had an apprentice and, you know, taking it down is not that bad. You just have to watch out that you don't start 
tearing apart the walls, right? So you, you slid it down, put it in the back here, and I said, okay, so now I want you to figure out how can you make a pond out of this? And I'm, I'm looking at this going, what are you talking about? I said, well, I have the, what are those big fish, koyas? Or koi's, koi's or koi. something like that? I don't know. And uh, there was, you know, the big fish, right? They're like big goldfish. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and, I, and we were talking, and I said, well, technically what you could do is we could put a, a small little circulating pump right where the waste and overflow is. Yeah. So, in other words, the water goes in, circulates, and then it was coming out of the overflow. Okay. That's right. I actually got that thing working. <laughs> so that was the most creative thing I've ever done was basically inventing a way of putting a together. A pond out a of a pond. ton. Yeah. And then she ended up, by, uh, I was kind of, unfortunately, uh, it didn't last too long because the raccoons also, I guess, enjoy fish. Uh. So <laughs> I found out the following <laughs> summer, says, yeah, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> Yeah, the raccoons like they're just like this is are, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that! You know, here, here, come on, on buddies. You know, so um, yeah, that was one of the more creative things I've ever. But at done least the technical backups. plumbing side of it worked. Yeah. You know, oh, it yeah. totally it made it work. It was actually yeah. kind of fun. I had a little pump. It's a good here, use of an old tub. You know, yeah. And it's, it's always well, you know, water always has to run, so that pump was always having to go. Have you changed your teaching style since you started becoming a teacher to today, or is it basically step kept the same? Have I changed my teaching style? Um, I would probably say, no, I'm about the same, to be honest. I'm a little less stressed, although there is stress. But, you know, when you're a first new teacher, you, you might want to make sure. And I, I have hindsight, right? So I get to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, I don't assume. I've been surprised many times where I say, yeah, that, that student's not going to cut it. And then next thing you know it, I was caught off guard. And that student did very, very well, you know. Well, was so, it something uh, that they did or they, how they? No, it was sort of like um, some, a lot of times it's like just simply their, their background, you know. Like okay. Uh, just they're newly immigrated to the country. Their English is not necessarily the best. And, you know, it's, it's hard life, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, I have a breakfast program or, at, you know, at the school has a breakfast program. And uh, we, we give them, you know, breakfast in the morning. And, you know, the students are eating that breakfast. Right? Some of them are getting up five minutes before they have to be at school, or sometimes the food is not there. So I've, I've learned as time goes on, you know, never to assume, I guess, right? So that's one of the things. And then, again, just experience. I know what works and what doesn't work. I'm a little bit a lot more patient. Um, I was a lot, I'm a lot more patient now than I was when I first started teaching. Um, I thought, oh, boy, you know, uh, I... Everybody, I was going to make everybody into plumbers, you know, and I learned that, you know, you don't have to not be like you can be successful, but not go into the trades or being a plumber. Yeah. Right. So there's you, other avenues that are associated. Oh, yeah. with and that's it. the reason why we do that CMX show, because, you know, maybe you want to go into this area. Yeah. Maybe you want to work behind the desk. Um, I, I have a uh, I have one good story. Um, he actually his father was a real estate agent. And my, my boss's, my former boss's father-in-law, he actually bought houses, fixed it up, and then renovated, like renovated, and then sold it. So he actually was a renovator slash uh, real estate. Yeah, okay. So I told that story to, to, this, to, my, uh, to my students. And it turns out his father was a real estate agent. So he took 
the plumbing course. I think he got his plumbing license. And guess what he's doing now? He's actually doing that. He's just flipping homes. Flipping he homes. Rent, he's renovating it. And if it gets a little bit too complicated or, let's say, electrical or something like that, he'll, he'll hire somebody. Yeah. And then, um, and then you know, he, he sails it. He makes the commission and, you know, things like that. So There's lots of opportunity. There's just a lot of opportunities. It. I wanted yeah. to ask you, sometimes when the kids that have been in your class before are the graduates and they're yep. working in the industry and they come back, they come back around breakfast time? Do they come back in breakfast time? Yeah. No, actually, you know, when a lot of my students come back, a lot of them are going to George Brown College. Okay, so, so they're, they're going to that course yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, you know, during their level one, level two, or whatever. And uh, so on Fridays, I memory serves me, they have a test on Fridays, and the day ends at around 12, 1 o'clock. Oh. And then I have my students starting to text me and saying, hey, are you around uh, Friday afternoon? And in many cases, uh, we get together and... And is then when I know that they're showing up, that's when I have them do a little, you know, presentation in front of my current students. Because, I mean, I've gone through it all. I've gone through apprenticeship and all that type of stuff. But there is something to be said about having somebody that's close to your age and they have just finished it. Yeah. Right. So uh, they'll have a slightly different perspective. Yeah, they'll have a different perspective. Yeah. And, uh, and like I was saying earlier, you know, one of the biggest things is just simply the sacrifices you know you're you're not going to have the same amount of friends or the same friends right i mean things change you you got new friends yeah uh you can't go partying on a thursday night or something there's going to be some well you can that, it's oh, just going to affect yeah. friday exactly and right. when you're on a job site you not only have to be there physically you have to be there mentally the risk the right. dangers because oh, absolutely the right. machinery that you're using yeah. are they the kids that have graduated are working are they kind of you guys having a conversation on the side oh, sure. and then all of a sudden they're saying you know things are changing are they are you hearing almost like your own voice in them yeah because it was back <laughs> then because we've always said it everybody says it. the next yeah. generation comes in this yeah. generation is not we don't there's not enough we need more yeah. they're not good enough yeah. i wasn't like this was i like this yes i was like this yeah. so that is, it's just a cycle at that point yeah. right yeah any business, especially in construction, requires us to know what's going on at all times. How can we avoid being dragged down by the bits and bytes in order to have that time to build the business and take it forward? If we don't have the right tool to operate our business and are doing things manually instead of digitally, we end up being held back. Now, I'm not talking about making sheets on Excel or texting instead of calling. I'm talking about whole new levels of doing things digitally. From knowing that our employees clocked in at the right place and time, ensuring our employees know the job they need to do, tracking what's going on in the field by receiving live forms or checklists, these all can and should be done digitally. Not to mention your younger employees who work and live digitally expect to get that in their workplace as well. And if this sounds like fiction, it's not. Just switch to Connect Team a platform built for managers and its many different capabilities to help you truly manage your business and give you back time to focus on what you need while giving your employees the work experience they expect to get in 2024. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. So uh, the only thing that I will say that would be nicer, um, and I wanted to bring this up today, was, you know, a lot of times they said, if you don't know how to read and write, go into the trades. That used right? to be the oh, same. I, oh, you know, my hand, Just I'm good with my hand, things like that. Yeah. What I would like to see is having a student who are, is getting 80s and 90s in school and then going into the trades. That we don't see much of, right? 
and I, I wish we would get, you know, the trades would be a, 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 an option, you know, because when you're getting 80 or 90, may it be society or the parents or anything, go off to university, go off to university, right? And I like for those students to then say, you know, I think I'd like to go into the trades. And if they go into the trades, um, you don't have to be unplugging toilets or getting yourself dirty. You could actually run a business. You could run a company. Um, There are a lot of, uh, you could be a teacher, you know, something like that. So that's, I wish that would be, that's something else I've been kind of fighting for. But it's funny how they will be making 80 or 90. Yeah. You know, in a few years, once they get into the industry, right? Yeah. It is that. I, I totally see it. I see what you're talking about, how, but that, those kinds of kids that are getting those grades, they're probably being groomed to get into other career options, right? They're not even considering a trade at no, that point. not even. No. And that, I mean, there's consideration, but I, I just think that there's so much, um, pre- and again, I have nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with the universities. I mean, it's fantastic, right? I'm just saying that in that conversation, going into the trades is also a very, you know, viable option, right? And I, I wish, and I, I, ever since I became a teacher, and it's still today, you know, the, I, at least if they could have that choice or that options or put that in the back of their mind, right? And um, that's something I'd like to see. Your experience, Robert, with the 20-something-year-olds, you got these kids that are just getting out of high school now. Is it primarily the money that's driving them or finding a career that's going to... Money. It's money, eh? yeah? So it's not about finding a career that's going to make them happy. No, no. I, I try to sell them on that, right? I think there's more and, value uh, in trying to find a career that's going to make you happy versus the money yeah. because that whole cliche, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day, Yeah. right? Absolutely. So if you love the trades and you love being a tradesperson and yeah. doing that, then you'll make a lot of money and you'll be very happy at that yeah. point. Yeah. But it's the money. At that age group, they, yes, they're all, it's the all money. talking about the money. So then how are we losing out when we're competing against other 80, 90 percentage kids and they're being told, let's go down the university route, let's become a doctor, a lawyer, accountant, or whatever, all these other tra- uh, careers right. that will give you six figures after you've paid your six figures in school debt. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it is the parents. And just society in, in general, you know, really, like you yeah. go, go to university and do this and do that. I mean, I think the average age of a first year apprentice is 28 and a half. That's really? the average age of a first year apprentice is 28 and a half. Yeah. And you know why? Because a lot of them have graduated university and they don't no like, work they, yeah. or they don't like what they're doing. And, and then, then they, they go, try yeah. the trades then. Yeah. And then they go that route. Yeah. I mean, I just had someone recently reach out to me. like, I want to start from the beginning possibly. I want to get into electrical. Yeah. And and he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. You, still you, okay. No, you're right. You're totally right. It's just uh, because they, they, they pleased, I guess, the parents. They went to the university. They gave this a shot, but yeah. it, it, they're, they're not into it. They're not and into now it. they want to, they keep on seeing the trade, the industry, yeah. and they want to give that a go. So I it's mean, 28. I, 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 put, I play with Legos every day. <laughs> I, I play with, I, I tell my students, that I, I, I admire them. I admire my students. And the programs that are running out of Central Tech, and I go, you know, you've narrowed down that choice. I get to play with my pipes and cut pipes. I get to play with a torch and fire. I mean, this I'm living the dream here, you know. Yeah, and yeah, on top yeah. of it, I get paid to learn, and 
and I have no university debt when I finish. So what's what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. No. What do you think the government should do? What else can they do? I mean, we've got the programs, the OEAP. We've got other pre-apprenticeship yeah. programs. We just had Dan Guest in here, and he's launched a Trade Smart College, okay. uh, which is great. So it's you know a four-month course there, and he, and and it's in Hamilton. Hopefully, it grows and it starts going into other cities as mm -hmm. well. But I mean, what else can we do, or the government do, to attract these kids to come into the industry? I think they're they're trying to. They're, I mean, I know that they're promoting. I mean, they're putting money towards the trades and you know um different i know the the, the unions and the, the the schools that you were just mentioning about that i guess promote 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 i mean i'm trying my best yeah <laughs> but you know sometimes it's it's a little bit difficult it just feels right? like you and we've had other teachers on the show as well too it's like you guys are lone wolves it feels like you guys are standing alone sharing the message yeah. when there should be a lot more of you well, they, sharing I the mean, same message the, the government i mean they are we have another program here running out of central tech uh accelerated oyap okay where they now combine uh basically on the field and they get level one training and they get it from the, actually the the um local like a particular in carpentry local 27 um or they're affiliated with george brown college or humber okay um so and a lot of money uh goes towards that so that's pretty good, and uh, you know the students right now they're getting they're getting boots and they get some tools, and you know they got like like myself trying to promote and teach, and then they get some teachers from the George Brown or Humber or again you know local twenty seven, and so the the money is getting there, just just trying to get more students. Right? Do you tell the kids what to expect from employers? Or do they, oh, yeah. yeah, like give them an, an idea of what oh, yeah. employers are going to be like towards you and what the yep. trade really is like yep. in the real world? It's not like how it's portrayed in sort of TV shows and things like that. It's not like all the glitz and glam of social media. There's hard work, there's dirty work, mm -hmm. there's satisfying work. You're telling yep. them they're no, I getting. Tell, I tell them everything. Yeah. You know, tell them that I always say the first year apprentice, basically, if you had a. A broom in here. If you had a garbage, garbage can somewhere, <laughs> you'd be just right underneath there on the picking order. Yeah. You're going to be yelled at. You know, you're going to be snapped at. You're going to be told to sweep up or dig holes and, and clean and drive here, do this and do that. Um, but sometimes I look at it as also being a little bit of a test. You want to see if you have thick skin, right? Yeah. Are, are you going to come in um, when it's raining outside or there's a snowstorm? Well, you still can't go to work. You know, it's none of this. Or you know going to work when you're sick that's you know how many sick days <laughs> students have right I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm looking at this going man i didn't take a day off you know i'd, I'd literally have to well uh, there's a lot of sick days and well, students i mean yeah you know it's that's the one big difference you said you understand you, you don't you don't stay off sick are we you talking know, like more like, than nine, more than Ferris Bueller these days or what? Like, <laughs> is that what it is? What well, it seems like that at times, but <laughs> it, it just, it's one of those things where, you know, if a kid's not feeling well, then, you know, that you stay at home. But in the real world out there, if you're not feeling well, you still go to work, right? Yeah, especially if it's your business. Yeah, especially if it's your own Because you don't go to work. You don't yeah. have any money. You don't have no revenue coming in. Exactly. That affects that week, yeah. month, year. So, I mean, they have, they have all the right to take off those days and, 
you know, if they're not feeling well or whatever, they, they, they'll take that day off or they've done something they shouldn't during the week and they took that day off. Or even actually, you know, one of my students, um, you know, he, he, he was really tired morning. And I said, well, what time did you go to bed? And he said, well, around four o'clock. I said, you went to bed at four o'clock? <laughs> A lot of my students, you know, they're, they're they go not, not my students, but in general students, they don't go to bed at 9.30 or 10 o'clock like I do, you know. Uh, it's, you go to bed because I got to go to work the next day. So I go to bed at 9.30, 10. I'm in bed at by 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10.30, lights are out. But, you know, when you're in high school, and, you know, we were all in high school yeah, at one point. Yeah, we've all done it. We've all done it. But that's the reality check that I, I tell my students is that be prepared. You can't, you're going to work at six. You got to be there at six o'clock in This is in, in the high morning. school. This is not high school. This is real life. Right? Um, the attendance. If you're absent one or twice, can you imagine being, you know, absent a couple of times and you're, you're not fired? You're fired. Yeah. You're not back on the job yeah. site. So here at school, you show up late, you know, they show up after nine or whatever. I mean, my, my first coffee break was at 9.15. I always remember the coffee truck coming around. That's my first coffee break. Never mind showing up. So that's what I try to teach the students too, that be prepared. You, you got to be there first thing in the morning, physically, mentally, every day. Not just once in a while or when you feel like it or whatever. But that's my job. My job is to tell them this is how it is in the, in the real world. Right? Do the kids, Robert, like, especially downtown, if, if, I mean, with Central Tech being where it's, it's at, at Bloor and Bathurst area, um, when they get out of the school and they start working in the industry and they're walking around and they walk into an establishment coffee shop or whatever it is to get a coffee or get a mm -hmm. snack or something like that, and they're looking like a tradesperson, do they feel the stigma on top of them? Of... Being a tradesperson, a, a blue collar worker. I don't think so. No, no. they're they f they're feeling proud that they've yeah. learned this skill. They've yeah. gone to this school that's right there. Yeah. I'm working in this neighborhood now. Yeah. I'm changing. I'm doing all the rough right now. I'm running all yeah. the lines right now. I'm waiting for the inspector to do a test here. They don't feel any of that. That's why that's wiped over them. Yeah, I, I and that's the thing. I, I, once they get into it, they don't oh, feel it. They they don't feel that. It's that's just to sell them. <laughs> To get them in there. To that. But once they get past that, that door. stigma door is there. Then once they get into it and they get a feel for it. It's not there anymore. That, that stigma's gone. I used to love walking into places with my workwear. And sometimes it was yeah. dirtier the better. I would have a better feeling. Oh, I got another story for you. <laughs> so uh, this was the true story. And uh, I was, I think I was engaged to my wife at the time. So I thought I'd buy her something really nice. Nice piece of jewelry, right? So I had a fair amount of cash in my pocket. Let, let's put it that way. And, of course, I can't go home because, you know, go home, get changed, and then go to this place, right? I'm going to get into trouble, right? So then she'll find out, hey, where are you heading off yeah. to? Right? So I go and buy this stuff on my way home from, from work, work, right? So I'm not the, you know, sometimes I'm not smelling or looking pretty, right? But I had a large amount of money in my pocket. So I go up. And this was in Yorkdale, jewelry place. And I'm there, and I'm there, and I'm looking around. You think one person. Nobody. One person would Nobody. come up to me. Nobody. So I thought, okay. So I walked out. I tell that story every year to my students. 
And I just say, you know, that person just lost a big commission <laughs> because you assumed. Yeah. And that's something you bring, you know, I brought into my teaching, right? You cannot assume how, you know, I remember scrap dealers. Oh boy, like some of them. But yet the guy was dry, buying a new Cadillac every two years. The, you know, the real big, huge one. Oh, I got a story. Like I remember yeah. doing one of my first homes and um, it was like a hundred plus year old home. So we were cutting out all, all the car, a copper. Okay. And I, I, at that point, I was doing rentals, and it was a lot of like, okay, so the plumber, just take it, just take it, just take it, right? right? And it would just be buckets, and then I would start learning, yeah, you know, like all the offcuts to electrical, you know, they would give it to their, their grandkid or their son or something like that. You strip it, and you right. kind of compile this bucket of copper, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, and I'm like, everybody around me is doing this copper thing. I'm going to do this this one time, right? right? So, we were cutting out like three-inch copper. Lines. Oh, stack, okay. Stacks, right? right? Yeah. My sprinter was full of copper. I go to the scrap. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they open up the back doors, and then, you know, one more guy shows, another guy shows. More guys come out of the woodwork there. All guys are looking at mm -hmm. all this copper in there. And I'm like, why is there, like, a surrounding of my, my van going on here? Yeah. What's going on? And then we get a wade, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm with one of my guys, and uh, we go into the scale. We wade, and we go into the to get paid for it. Right. Nearly $1,000. And I and she gives me the number and I'm like, what? She goes, why? Were you expecting more? I was like, no, that's good. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's fine, that's great. And yeah. cash right there gave me the money, and I was like, yeah. wow. Now I understood why all the electricians and the plumbers yeah. and everybody kind of compiled and kept all yeah. this stuff. And there's a lot of value in there. And that wasn't even pure clean. Like there was still oh, so some like number one, number two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I was still shocked on that amount there. And, and like, you're right. You, you walk in there, you just assume everybody that's in there and they're bringing all this metal coming in there, yeah. but don't assume. Uh, the, uh, I also remember taking, uh, the shower, uh, in the showers, the liner was made out of lead. Yeah. So uh, you would take that out. And Lead's I was, I was pretty heavy. Yeah, that so was very, very. We brought that to the scrap dealer, and we had a, a metalist uh, next to the shop, and he used to use it for bullets. Hey, architects and builders, do you want to stand out from the competition? Fraser Wood Siding has your back. Fraser Wood Siding is a leader in pre-finished wood siding. They manufacture beautiful pre-finished wood siding using only the highest quality PEFC certified Canadian softwood. Fraser Wood Siding is available in 17 profiles and unlimited colors. Fraser Wood Siding is available in 17 profiles and unlimited colors. Supplied by the global leader in paints, Sherwin-Williams. Whether your design taste is classic, contemporary, conservative, or bold, they've got you covered. They'll gladly match the color of any paint manufacturer and send a sample on an actual piece of Fraser Wood Siding in just a few days. Visit their website at www.fraserwoodsiding.com and reach out about your upcoming projects to benefit from their industry-leading lead times. Fraser Wood Siding, get inspired. You yeah. would fabricate so, bullets yeah, from you it? Yeah, fabricate bullets. Now, again, we're going back to the Way 1970s. Back. Yeah. Right, 1970s. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was a hunter. So he would go up and he would hunt. And uh, so we would use those lead shower pans uh, so he would make his bullets. So he would melt it down and then cast. Yeah, he did something. Like he that, must have yeah. formed it or something. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It, there's no reason to throw it out. No, I, a lot of value in that garbage that's you know when you're remodeling everything but i guess gone it's gonna eventually get to the point where you're gonna have rentals maybe 20 30 years from now taking out all the pecs or something like that there's no value there there's nothing yeah, valuable there's no. at that point right 
Except if you see me driving around picking up a toilet on the side of the road or because uh, that's what I did, you know, for the, at the beginning of when I became a teacher. You know, I see this perfectly good toilet or a bathtub. And oh, to install. It, yeah, to, no, put it in the shop. Oh, yeah, in the shop. Yeah. 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 So. Makes sense. It's still the same theory. Like yeah. you don't like yeah. the bolts are there. The supply lines there. How heavy it is. Yeah. It's, it's all there, right? Yeah. It's great for the kids. Yeah. And as long as it. Uh, like I said, uh, as long as it's hands-on and everything runs and everything's working, uh, man, there's that glow in my students' eyes. And like, I'll, I'll take pictures. You know, I have some pictures I'll show you later. And, <laughs> you know, of a shower stall or a rain head coming down. And uh, uh, they, they go, like, oh, this is great, you know. <laughs> or when I had that whirlpool going, you know, that, that whirlpool still works. So it still works, they, eh? And they go, they had never seen any of this. A lot of times they don't see stuff like this. We take it. For granted, we take it for granted. Yeah, but you know, you should have seen it when I uh, when I had that whirlpool running. You know, and, and somehow accidentally the jets were facing up. You know, when I um, when I filled up with water and then I plugged it in. Yeah, so, <laughs> gotta have a little bit of fun with my students. Yeah, right? well, I was just thinking, April first. You ever <laughs> like get the electrician teacher to come into your class and you go to the hair class? No, no, it up. no, sometimes no? we, uh, sometimes we'll, but again, this is something that happened to me, you know, they tease me and all that. So, I mean, you know, I have a bucket of sparks and stuff like that. We'll tell the kids, okay, go to the electrical room and get the bucket, bucket of, sparks, of sparks, right? And, uh, and actually one time I came across a blue handle wrench. So I have a red wrench, like re the, most of the wrenches are red, red right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got this blue one. So I tried to convince my students that this is for cold water. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're, they're looking at going, Putting it down, give me the hot water wrench. What are you doing? <laughs> give me the hot water wrench. Like, come on, we're working with hot water. So did that's they, did they bite? Them. Did they bite? Sometimes. Some yeah, they yeah, bite? Yeah, yeah, okay. Sometimes they'll bite or they'll, I'll make them think. But, you know... Um, or the left-handed screwdriver, right? Yeah, the right yeah that's a classic one. But again, I'm preparing them. It's going to be worse. What's, that's what's going to happen when you're, the, you yeah. know, we're going to have a little bit of fun on a Friday. And If they're know, smart enough and creative enough, they should come up with some really good comebacks <laughs> at that point. So they can be so. prepared for it, man. I think we covered a lot. I mean, I love, I've always been a fan of the school. It's amazing what you're doing. You're, right. you're literally shaping the next generation of tradespeople coming into the industry. And I bet it's the biggest kick for you to see your students in the industry contributing yeah. and working whether it's behind the counter on the job site yeah. navigating sales running a business like yeah. there's so many like you said so many angles to this entire industry you don't have to be swinging you know turning the wrench all the time you could yeah. be growing a business and and teaching other people as well too so yeah no so. i i i'm very fortunate i'm I have a great family, great daughter, great wife, and then I go to work. And yes, every, and you have day, fun. every job has a good days and bad days, but on the all in all, it's a very, very rewarding career. So, and uh, and I actually, on that note, I actually have one of my former students who's in second year teacher's college. Oh, wow. Eh? So he's actually he wants to be a plumbing teacher. So I'm, I'm looking at retiring in three years. So maybe there'll be that that crossover right there. There'll be that crossover, and then uh, yeah, we'll continue on. That'll be amazing if that happens. Yeah, yeah it, it's really cool. But yeah, he's second year, second year in teachers' college. So, 
Robert, we got to do the 12 questions. I appreciate your time coming back in, and it was a blast meeting you at the the doll event that we did. Thank you. And having a bunch of plumbers there and a few GCs there just hanging out and talking shop, which is amazing. I yep. loved it. We got to do, I got to plan more of those things. It's always great to do that. Uh, you ready for these questions? Uh, no, but go ahead. <laughs> I had no idea that there were questions. I, They're not hard. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. you're the right. student. I'm the teacher. What is your favorite construction word? Uh, bells and whistles. What's your least favorite tool? Least favorite tool? Um, shovel. <laughs> because if there's a shovel, it requires me digging. Digging. So Running uh, lines. I look at it, I'm going, yeah, no. It's true. Speaking of which, I guess, are you teaching all the kids that they're going to be using Milwaukee? Pretty much. Um, well, uh, I have the angle drilled and the sawzall is Milwaukee. Yeah. So um, they'll get used to it. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be red. They'll be having yeah. packouts, laying out all their fittings, yeah. getting it all organized. And then they're going to start getting into uh, all the uh, pro press. Yeah, actually. Uh, it's a whole new world now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was very surprised to find out that they're doing it a lot in residential. I always was under the assumption that it was more on, a, on the commercial side. It but, was, but you know. it, I guess it's become, it's gotten to the point where it's cost effective now. Yeah. So it get, you get in and out of that job a lot faster with the yeah. pro press instead of, yeah, kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll I'm not surprised by that. that. What construction sound do you love? The sound? Yeah. Um, I like hearing the chatter amongst the tradespeople. That's something that I miss. I actually, one thing, I not on the sound, but the smell. I, I, I miss the smell. You know, and every so often I, I look over there if there's a house being built and, you know, I smell that wood and I go, yeah. Rainy day. Yeah. Snowy day, yeah. like summer day. Yeah. I know. I know the smell. What's your favorite beverage? Uh, favorite beverage? Mm -hmm. I would say a nice glass of red wine. Domestic or foreign? Um, California. Pinot Noir. It's easier on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst and the best thing about construction i think um the best thing about construction i would say is the satisfaction of seeing your job that's something i really miss like mm. actually starting it from scratch i just did both my washrooms in my kitchen and i go i miss those days miss so it. tearing it apart and then at the end of the day you you uh you see this finished product uh in teaching you don't I see. That. I don't get that. I get that when they come back with my coffee and they tell me that they just got their license. So that. So, but I got to wait a little bit. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. in the field, I saw that instant satisfaction. Favorite curse word? You don't see. I don't see. I don't curse. really swear. You don't swear. Don't worry about Sorry. that. I like that you actually don't allow any swearing in the classroom. Um. No. We, no. I. I don't want. Let's say put it this way. I don't want to be hy hypocritical. Yeah. Because if I let's say a cyclist cuts me off while I'm on the road, I'm going to let one loose. <laughs> okay. But I never swore in front of my daughters. Yeah. Never swear nice. with my wife. Um, and I hold the same value uh, that I have with my students. So you you you're you're going to set yourself a little bit standard. So you know ethics is a big thing that I try to teach to my students. But you warn them that once they get on a job site, oh, yeah. there's a few yeah. four-letter words that yeah. are shared. Oh, absolutely. But you also got to know when to turn it on and turn it off. Yes. Because you could be on a job site, and true story, um, you could be on a job site where there's everybody's swearing left, right, and center, 
And then next thing you know, I could have a service called in bridal path and you can't swear. Yep. Right. And we, one time there was these painters on a house on one of my jobs and I came there and I'm noticing all these paint cans and the grass was full of paint and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Like what happened? Right. So I go in and the, uh, the owner's wife was there and the daughter, well, it turns out that they were working the daughter who was like a teenager or whatever. She was in the bedroom, you know, studying. Well, the painters didn't think anybody was home. So now all of a sudden they're doing dirty jokes and they're swearing and this and that. Daughter freaked out and called dad. Dad gets home. <laughs> fired. Fired him, kicked them all out, started throwing paint cans out the front door. Yep. And so that's why I try to tell my students, you got to know when to turn it on and turn it off. Yep. That's right. true. It's a good one. Favorite vehicle in the entire world? I think right now the car that I'm driving, I absolutely love it. The Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. The, nice. The gas is just, it's very smooth and has a lot of power. So. What do you miss from your childhood? What do I miss from my childhood? No responsibility. In other words, you know. A lot of accountability. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, like sometimes you, I remember when you were a kid, you, know, you just want to go out and play. Yeah. You know, play tag, play on a, you know go down the, into the creek just it, discover it, now it's like saturday it's not a matter of oh i get the day off it's like okay what do i have to get done during the next few days maybe shopping or this or that right so just the not just waking up and going what should i do today you know yeah. what profession other than your own would you like to attempt plumber teacher what else now would i like to attempt mm -hmm. um <laughs> Okay, don't laugh, but uh, no. uh, I actually would like to go back to something I did for a little while, and that was being an extra on TV shows and movies. Really? Yeah. So actually, I was uh, I was an actor, or not an actor, but I was an extra for a couple of years. I, I knew a bunch uh, of I, extras. I knew a, I, because I used to be a grip, right? Yeah. So I used to be on set, and we would be setting up lights, and right. I'd always just chit chat with all the extras. Like yeah. you know, I, my always opening line was, "You come here often." Like, you guys are always here. <laughs> well, there was a... Sh do you remember the show called Do South? Yeah. Okay. So, actually, I was, went there. Uh, I did an episode. Okay. And do we have time here? Yeah, of course oh, we do. Okay. So, true story. My students will always say, sir, you're telling that story again. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm I didn't there. I did I'm, I'm a bodyguard, right? Okay. So, I'm a bodyguard, and I'm right next to the curtains. And it was, it was a show in regards to, like, a G8 summons, and there's this really big huge guy that was you know upset and he was going to kill the president of the united states right so at one point they, you know they hold out the guns he said okay you're it and they had these two security guards like fbi agents right well this guy is like you know six five three hundred pounds and these two actors I mean, they were actors and uh they were about the eight tall and the director goes, cut, cut. Like, this is not going to fly. I mean, look at this. I mean, their arm, his arm is bigger than both of them combined, right? Yeah, yeah. So he looks around and he says, you, come here, right? So he goes, are you part of the actor's guild? And I said, no, I'm just an extra, right? He said, well, we could use you because you're about as big as this guy. He's a bit bigger, but it's a little bit more realistic, right? So we need you to go in the back and sign some paperwork, right? So I said, oh, okay, great. This is kind of cool. Right, I get to hold a plastic gun, and yeah. So uh, my so my name became Johnson, and I'm going. Hell on a sec! I know what happens to Johnsons on these shows. 
I watched Star Trek, you know, it was always that guy with the yellow shirt. And all of a sudden there's only three of them. So, um, so anyway, so what happened was I, I, they arrested and they said, okay, come. And so I gave him a bear hug and tackled him. And then I, you know, put his arm, but his arms are so big. You couldn't put the, um, the bracelets. Yeah. So he just held it like that. But yeah, so I have my little uh, f fame there. So I've always. So you can I, always get back into it. Yeah, I met my actually my retired geography teacher from high school. He was there, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm retired now, and uh, I'm an extra on all these shows, and I work, you know, once or twice a week. I make some cash, and you know, I just love it. And I I remember that, and I thought, you know, one day when I retire." I think I'd like to do this. So that's, that's what funny you bring it up. I just saw a casting call for Guillermo del Toro's new film, Frankenstein, where he's shooting here in Toronto. And they're looking for people to look like 18th century kind of oh, really? shipmates and yeah, beards yeah. and long hair. And yeah. they're asking for a bunch of people. So big production. But that's going on right now. I don't know if you could play hooky from school for now. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Um, what profession... That I would not like to do. <sighs> That's kind of hard to ask. Um, Nothing that you don't want to do at all. Oh, I've one thing I would I I wouldn't want to be an administrator because I see the amount of work that they do, like yeah. the principal and the VP, and I I look at that and the stress level and. I, I just go no that's 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 just a, you have to be a very special person to you know to handle all to, that to handle all that with the parents and you know all that so that that's something I do not want to do. Last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? You didn't waste your time. I like you gave them. you know I I. Uh, I gave you a chance. You have one chance at this. It's not like okay, you know what? Next time I come back, There's I'll no redo. So I didn't waste his time. So he gave me the opportunity to be on this earth. And I have a beautiful wife. I have two incredible daughters and my granddaughter and son-in-laws. I've tried things, which is was something for a little bit, you know, my parents were German. And so I've always wanted to see if I could push myself. And that's one thing that trades have allowed me to do is that I always have a fallback. Mm -hmm. You know, so if the teaching thing doesn't work out, I can always have my own company or go back to doing a service work, but just, you know, conservatively optimistic. So I wanted to try, but I always had a fallback. So thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, chatting more and learning more and thank say you. hi to the kids. I, I, I hope that they listen or they'll listen to this episode at least okay. and check it out. But uh, it'd be funny to come across them every so often around the job site. I, I, that happens every so often. Like they know of me or they yeah. know of the show because yeah. they're listening. So I appreciate your time and coming on the show and sharing. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right. We're out of here.